soon. I believe sooner than what it was yesterday. Amen? I believe that it's sooner than what we thought it would be. You know, I, I, growing up, that's all I ever heard. You know, Jesus could be just around the corner. He could come in just around the corner. Da, 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 da. But do you know that there have been more prophecies fulfilled recently to show that we're even closer to the time of Jesus' return than we ever have been. And so we're going to look at some prophecies. We're going to talk about what different end time terms mean. We're going to hopefully answer maybe some questions that you may have. Uh, But today, our focus is on worry. And I want to give you seven reasons not to worry. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry. And now if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew. And I'm going to be reading from chapter 6, beginning at verse uh, 25. Matthew chapter 6, and I'll start reading at verse 25. Is everyone ready? Say, oh yeah. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I'm going to read through verse 34. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I love verse 33. But seek first his kingdom... And his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So for the next few minutes, I want to give you seven reasons not to worry. Now, I want to encourage you today, take notes this morning. Uh, If you can, find a piece of paper, um, You can go back and reference this message later. You can also follow along with our online bulletin that has the message slides on that as well. But I want to give you seven reasons not to worry. There are seven reasons that you don't have to worry. And I I want you to understand this. I want you to understand that God, Jesus said this for a reason. He spoke this for a reason. And I believe it's something important for all of us that all of us need to know and need to understand what God has for us, the plans that God has for us, what God wants to teach us today. So I want you to receive this. I want you to take it to heart. I know some of you might be going through some things right now, but I want you to know that Jesus tells you that you shouldn't worry, and I'm going to give you seven reasons to go along with the scriptures uh, of why you should not worry. Number one, 
The same God who created your life can be trusted with the details of your life. Amen? I want to say that one again. The same God who created your life can be trusted with the details of your life. Now, when we worry, it causes us to distrust God and we replace practical action for fear. Worry means paying attention to what we cannot change instead of putting our energies to work in effective ways. That's what worry is. Worries, we, how many times do we worry about things and then after whatever you were worrying about happens, you realize, well, I had nothing to worry about. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else done that? I can honestly say that I have done that. I'll worry about something and I'll think, and I, man, I'll work myself up. You ever do that? You know what I'm talking about? You'll just, I mean, you'll work yourself up. You'll be worried about it. You'll be thinking, oh, man, this is not going to work out. And then all of a sudden you get through and you go, why did I worry? Do we not? Do we not do that? Do we not do that a lot? We worry about these things, and yet there's nothing that we can do to change them. Jesus made it clear in this passage that worry takes away from life rather than adding anything to it. Look at verse 25 again. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. The command that Jesus gave, do not worry, does not imply complete lack of concern, nor does it call people to be unwilling to work and supply their own needs. Instead, what Jesus was saying was continuing to high he's continuing to highlight the kingdom priorities. One of the biggest problems that we do when we worry is we don't put our trust and our faith in the creator that created us to know that if he knew what he was doing when he created us, then he knows what to do with the rest of our life. Amen? Because he loves us. God cares for us. He wants so much more, greater things for us than we could possibly ever imagine. And when we worry over our lack of food or inadequate clothing, we immobilize ourselves and we focus on the worry. We refuse to trust that, we refuse to trust that God can supply these most basic needs. Worry immobilizes us, but trust in God moves us to action. Amen? We work for our money to supply food and clothing, but we must always remember that these ultimately come from God's hands. One of the problems that we don't think enough about or, or put the trust in enough is that everything that we have is the Father's. God created everything and he has everything. He owns everything. There's nothing that we, there's nothing of ours. You know, how many times do we say, oh, that's mine? You know, or, you know, when kids are real young, when they're like, you know, two or three and they're just starting to talk, what's one of the first words they use? Mine, right? That's mine. And we have to break that selfish attitude from our children when they are young and teach them how to what? Share, right? 
I mean, that's one of the things that we do. We try to teach them how to share. Why? Because we are born with this mindset, this mentality that it is ours, and we are selfish, and we don't realize that it wasn't ours, it never was ours, and it never will be ours, because everything on this earth is God's, and God owns everything. Amen? And God has everything. It's all his And so ultimately, we have to understand that what we use or what God allows us to use and what God allows us to have, it comes from the Father, and so he is just allowing us to use those, and I'm talking about talents, I'm talking about I'm talking about physical things. I'm talking about everything is his, and he is just allowing us to use those things. So when the need arises, we need not to worry, for we know that our God will supply, man. How many of you ever had something in your life, and you were wondering, man, where's my next meal going to come from, or, or where's, where's the money coming in to pay this bill? I can tell you that there was times in mine and Kelly's early in our marriage, we struggled you know, you didn't make a whole lot of money. You, you didn't know what to do. You didn't know where it's going to come from. Or you have a young baby at home, and you're wondering, man, how are we going to get enough money to pay for diapers or whatever? And you start worrying and start figuring it out, and you start looking. You know, the budget just don't add up with what's coming in. You know what I'm talking about? And how many times have I had to sit there and go to the Lord and say, God, we need help. And then all of a sudden, this would happen, or this would happen, or this would happen. God would provide different means, or I get an opportunity. Can I tell you that it always come with a check in the mail? Sometimes it comes with extra overtime at work. Amen? It doesn't always come the way we think it should come. Sometimes it comes with the way that God provides. Number two, worrying about the future hampers your efforts for today. Think about that. Worrying about the future hampers your efforts for today. You know, Jesus was talking about the birds here in verse 26. And I want, can you just imagine, I like to imagine, when I read scripture, I like to try to envision what was going on in that. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not adding to the Bible, I'm just trying to envision what Jesus is describing But when he's talking about those birds that, you know, I mean, we know that Jesus is on a hillside and he's teaching. This is the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching the Sermon on the Mount. He's, he's teaching to all his followers. He's, he's giving them instructions, giving them the word. This is like the, you know, the, the greatest sermon of all time, and it's Jesus is delivering it. And I can just imagine, I know that if I was out on a mountainside and, and, and I started seeing birds fly or something, I would start putting that into my sermon. I can just imagine Jesus out there on that hillside, and he looks up, and he sees birds, and he probably, I mean, he's, he's the God of the universe. He probably created those birds to fly across, you know? I mean, can you imagine he had the perfect illustrated sermons because he's Jesus, you know? And, and, and so, uh, so, but, but he's, he's probably just going on, and he's probably using all of the things that are around him, and he's seeing all this stuff, and he's talking about it. And Jesus reminded us, that they don't sow or, or reap or store their food away. But it's our heavenly Father that feeds them. And Jesus made sure that we understood that God cared more for us than the birds. Jesus was teaching 
total dependence upon God as opposed to humanity's self-sufficiency. How much more shall we trust God to provide for our needs? Jesus is not prohibiting us from working for our food, but he doesn't want us to worry about having enough food. Amen? Everything that we have ultimately comes from God. God always provides for our needs, whether we have much or very little. And that's the one thing that we need to understand. God will take care of us. He always provides. We never have to worry about that. Number three, worrying is more harmful than helpful. Amen? Worrying is more harmful than helpful. Matthew chapter 6 verse 27 says, Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? That's a good question that Jesus asked there. Every morning we should get up and we should ask ourselves this very question. Just get up and quote that scripture. Matthew chapter 6 verse 27. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Has anybody ever tried? You ever needed more hours and you worried about it and all of a sudden you got more, more hours? It don't work that way, does it? doesn't do no good. But each day we're faced with new challenges. We're faced with new concerns. We will uh, probably have new problems and, and we will have to make new choices. The question is, Will we worry or will we pray? Amen? Will, will me worrying be any of any help to my day? It's not going to help my day. Worry actually causes more harm than good. Did you know that worrying can damage your health? I actually read on Web, WebMD, I know it's not the most reliable source, but for me, it worked. And it said that worrying too much can trigger a release of stress hormones that speed up your heart rate and breathing, and it can also raise your blood sugar. Any diabetics in the house? You don't need to worry. <laughs> this is not the time to worry. Worrying can also consume our thoughts. It can disrupt our productivity, and worrying reduces our ability to trust in God. Worrying may actually take away from our span of life rather than adding to it. So worrying accomplishes nothing. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, worrying accomplishes nothing. Make sure they understand that. <laughs> Number four. God does not ignore those who depend on him. Amen? Do you know that if you depend on God, he's not going to ignore you? Matter of fact, God loves us all. God loves all of his creation. He loves every one of us. In verses 28 through 30, Jesus is again referring to something that could probably be seen during this sermon. He may have pointed to some lilies where they were at the time, using them as an illustration for the people to understand that God cares more for us than the nature that God created for us to enjoy. Amen? So think about flowers for a moment. Are they beautiful? Are they beautiful? Yes. Flowers are beautiful. We love them, right? Have you ever cut flowers from a garden or purchased flowers from the store? Taken them home, get a vase, put some water in it, you open that little packet they give you to help the flowers last a little longer, 
put the flowers down in the vase, and you set it there, and you go, oh, it's so beautiful. And then about a week later, what do you do? You throw them away because they're dead. They're here today, and they're gone tomorrow. Why? Because they don't last. So if God cared so much to make something that only lasts for such a short time period to be so beautiful and so gorgeous and so just something wonderful for us to enjoy, if he took the time to do that for the flowers, why wouldn't he do something great for us that's here for years and years and years? Amen? You know, we used to have these um, azaleas in our uh, azalea bushes in our landscaping. And for about two, maybe three weeks out of the year, those azalea bushes, man, they produced some of the most beautiful white flowers. I mean, they were absolutely gorgeous. And the, um, the, in our landscaping that we have outside of our home, it's black. The, the mulch is black. And so those white flowers would just pop off that black mulch. And, I mean, they looked beautiful. And they would come out in the early spring. You knew when spring was here because that was the first thing that popped up, you know. And it looked beautiful. I mean, it looked gorgeous. And we enjoyed them for about two weeks. And then those were the ugliest bushes for the rest of the year. They came out for those two weeks, and they were gorgeous. They were beautiful. We loved them. And then the rest of the time, they were ugly and hideous, and we hated them. So we only got to enjoy them basically for two weeks out of the year. Guess what happened to those bushes? They're gone. <laughs> we got rid of them things. Uh, but, but that's, you know, God cares so much for something that only lasts for so little. So why wouldn't God care for us to give beauty to us year-round? God loves us. When we depend on God, he will take care of us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all. Everybody say all. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Amen? It's a good verse to memorize. Remember what I told you last week. You need to place all your worry, all your fear, all your anxiety, whoa, hallelujah, in its proper place. And in the hands of God, God loves you and he cares for you more than you could ever imagine. Amen? Because God loves you. God cares for you. He wants all the greatness for you. And if something in your life is gone, then I believe that God has something far greater and better than you could ever imagine. Amen? Because that's how much God cares for us. That's how much God loves us. Number five, worry shows a lack of faith in and understanding of God. Worry shows a lack of faith in and understanding of God. I'll only read verses 31 and 32 again to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 32. It says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You know, Jesus is telling us here, because God provides food and clothing not only for birds and flowers, but even more for his precious human creation. Do not worry. Don't spend energy 
fretting over what you will eat, drink, or wear. Worry has no place in the lives of Jesus' disciples. Amen? It is the unbelievers who seek after and those, and they fret over and they worry about such things because they have no sense of God's care for them. They have no reason to focus their energies elsewhere. But Jesus' followers, you know who that is? That's you and me. If you're a believer, if you've asked Jesus to come into your heart and and you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you're a believer. You're a follower of Jesus. We have kingdom priorities, amen? We have a favored relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, amen? You have a favored relationship. We have a promise that our heavenly Father knows that we need all these things and we, he will take care of us, amen? So I don't need to worry because I know who my Father is and what he will do for me, amen? Number six, there are real challenges God wants us to pursue and worrying keeps us from them. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? There are real challenges, real things that God wants us to pursue. God has been speaking to some of you right now. He's been talking to your heart, and he's telling you what he wants you to do. And some of us, we ignore, or what do we do? We worry. God's asking me to do this. God's asking me to do this. I don't know if I can do it. You know, I I think of Moses. Moses was out there in the fields. He's attending his father-in-law's sheep. He's had a good job. He had a good living. He enjoyed what he was doing. But then one day, this fire hit this bush. It caught on fire, and a voice began speaking to him. And he told him who he was. He said, I'm God, basically. I am who I am. He said, I want you to go let my, get, free my people. And then you know what Moses starts doing? He starts worrying. I, 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 can't, I can't do that. I stutter too much. I, you know, I'm not supposed to. I'm not, uh, I'm not good enough. I need help. He started making all these excuses on why he couldn't do what the Father wanted him to do. And a lot of times, what do we do? God starts giving us something to do. He starts telling us. He speaks to our heart. And then what do we do? We start making excuses for why we can't do it. God, I'm not good enough. I don't have the abilities to do it. I I don't know where to begin. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do it. But I love what this verse says. We are to seek first God's kingdom. What is your number one priority? As a believer, your number one priority should be to seek God first. You know what unbelievers usually seek out? They usually seek out comfort, security, money, fashion, and so on. I mean, they, you could go on and name a list. And none of these things are wrong as long as they are not your first priority. Amen? But Matthew chapter 6, 
33 of our text, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. That word seek, it's a present imperative. It is a command to fulfill a continuing obligation. To seek the kingdom means both to submit to God's sovereignty here and now and to work for the future coming of his kingdom. To seek his righteousness means to seek to live as God requires to truly seek these first calls for total loyalty and commitment. It means to turn to God first for help, to fill our thoughts with his desires, to take his character for our pattern, and to serve and obey him in everything. I want you to take a moment right now where you're at, and I want you to ask yourself, what is most important to me? Just go ahead. Just ask yourself right there where you're at. And think about it. What do you seek first? And be honest. Don't just say, you know, because you're a Christian, don't just say, well, I seek God first. If you truly seek God first, then that's great. If you put God first above everything, then that's great. But if you don't, you need to re-question and ask yourself, what am I seeking first? Is it people? Is it objects? Is it goals? Is it money? Is it pleasure? Because all these things compete for a priority. And any of these things, they can quickly bump God out of first place if we don't actively choose to give him first place in every area of life. Jesus promised us that when we get our priorities right, then and only then will all these things be added to us. And let me tell you, this is a real challenge. It's a real challenge because every part of our life is seeking to become first, and that is why we must put God first, and then everything else will line up accordingly, and then we don't have to worry. Amen? Why? Because we have put God first. We have made him the number one priority in our life. And when we do that, the Bible says that everything else will fall into place. Seek God first and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you as well. Number seven, this is my last one. Seventh reason will not to worry. Living one day at a time keeps us from being consumed with worry. Amen? I'm going to tell you, today when you go home, don't worry about tomorrow. Just get through today. I love, was it, there's that old song, Many Things About Tomorrow. I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. Amen. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to think about tomorrow. We don't have to live about tomorrow. We just need to live for today and understand that today is the day the Lord has made. And guess what? I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Because God cares for his people's needs, you do not have to worry about tomorrow. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. In other words... What we worry about happening tomorrow, it may not even happen. Amen? You ever done that? You ever worried about something that didn't even happen? And you're going, 
I worried about that for nothing. It didn't even happen today. Or you ever get a phone call from somebody and they say, I need to talk to you, and what happens? Oh, my goodness, what do they got to talk to me about? Right? Am I the only one that does that? What do they got to talk to me about? Did I do something bad? Did I do something wrong? And we start thinking about it. We start thinking about all these things. If you get into a situation like that, and that conversation's not happening tomorrow, you need to take that conversation and place it in God's hands and say, God, I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what's happening. It could be something good, but I'm giving it to you because it's not for me to worry about. God, this is yours, and I'm placing it in your hands. We've got to start taking control of these things in our life and not let them consume our life. You know, we've got to save energy. The energy that we that use to worry about something for tomorrow, we've got to save that energy for today. We only add to today's burdens when we worry about the future. We have enough burdens today, so let God take care of those today. And tomorrow, we will let God take care of those burdens then. God promises us that he will care for our needs, and that does not mean that life will be without trouble. Jesus told us he, we would have trouble, did he not? He said, you're going to have trouble. Trouble comes, so we must trust God to provide through his grace. We have to trust him for today without worrying about tomorrow. It's okay to plan for tomorrow, because when we plan for tomorrow, that is time well spent, right? However, if we worry about tomorrow, that's time wasted. Sometimes it is difficult to tell the difference. But when you plan carefully, you are thinking ahead about your goals, steps, schedules, and trusting in God's guidance. Do you think that when God created the heavens and earth that he flew by the seat of his pants? I don't. I believe that God had a plan. I believe that God planned when he created the universe. I believe that he knew everything that he was going to do on each day that he was going to do it and how he was going to do it. I don't think that he just said, oh, I guess we'll throw some trees over here. Or how about let's put this human out here and see what he can do. I don't believe God did that. I believe that God had a plan. I believe that he had a purpose for everything. I believe that he knew exactly what he was doing. So there's nothing wrong with planning your future. The thing is we don't need to worry about the future. Take care of today, what God has for you today. When you do it well, you help to alleviate worry. Worriers are consumed by fear, and they make it difficult to trust God. They let their plans interfere with their relationship with God. Do not let the worries of tomorrow affect your relationship with God today. Amen? Let me close with this. I've just given you seven reasons not to worry. I want you to know you have to understand God wants his best for you. You know why I know that? Because God said in his word that he loves his people. He loves his people so much and he cares for his people so much. And he has all these blessings that he's just waiting to pour out upon us. 
And we just have to accept those blessings and realize that what God has for us, we need to receive those. But the only way that we can receive those blessings is we have to seek what God wants. We have to obey His plans and His word for us. We have to obey that. We have to walk in that. And since He wants His best, you don't have to worry. You just have to trust Him. Put your trust in Him. Keep your focus on today. Let tomorrow come, and you will realize that God has it under control as well. Amen? Amen? Amen. Can we pray this morning? God, I just thank you for everybody that's here, every believer that's in here. God, I just thank you for how wonderful you have been time and time and time again. God, you love us. You care for us. You want what's best for us. So God, we have no reason to worry. We have no reason to worry our plans of tomorrow. We don't need to worry about those because you have them under control. Because you care for all the birds. You care for all the flowers. You care for all the things that are in this life. But God, you care for us even more. And if you take care of them, God, then how much more do you take care of us? God, help us to seek after your kingdom first. Help us to make your kingdom a priority. God, that each and every one of us can walk in victory. Each one of us can walk in each step that we take, God. It be made in you. That we can do what you want us to do. Be who you want us to be. We can go where you want us to go. Say the things that you want us to say. And God, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask you this morning, if you're here, I want to give anyone an opportunity. If you would, bow your head, close your eyes. And I just want to ask, if you're here and maybe you're worrying about something, Whatever it is. Maybe there's something that's just just really been bothering you lately. Maybe you've even tried to turn it over to God. Whatever it could be. Today's your day. Don't walk out of here with it. Don't walk out of here with it. Put it into His hands. Give it to the Lord this morning. Don't carry those burdens anymore. Whatever it is. Maybe it's a loved one that needs Jesus. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's your own salvation. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you've been dealing with something and, and you just need to give your life to God. Maybe there's something that's happened in, in a situation, whatever it is, in your family or, or in, in, a, in a, relative, a, a distant relative or somebody that, that you've talked to or, or, or has shared something with you that's a burden that maybe you've been carrying. Don't carry this no more. Don't leave this room with it anymore. But give it to the hands of Jesus. Let Jesus take it and walk with it. If that's you, what I want you to do is I just want you just to imagine yourself. I want you to cup your hands like a like a, 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 a cup. And I want you to place it into the hands of Jesus. I want you to see yourself just giving it over to God. And I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I pray for those right now. Whatever they're worried about. Whatever they're struggling with, God, as a symbol 
of them laying it. They're, they're, they're speaking to you right now. They're giving it to you, placing it into your hands. They don't want to worry. They don't want to fear about this anymore. They want to give it over. Give as we give out our... My goal this year was to give uh, over... I, I, I put a goal in my mind. I didn't really put it out there. I just kind of... It was in my mind for missions. I wanted to give over $10,000 for missions this year. We are at roughly uh, what we have... What I've seen turned in so far. And that's just what we've turned into our our uh, denomination, uh, a little over $8,000. So we're getting close to giving uh, to missions. So thank you so much for what you've given, what we've given. Uh, so far, we've almost, we're at, we're getting close to $2,000 of Speed of Light. We're close to $2,000 of BGMC. So I mean, I mean, we have, y'all have really worked hard this year. And uh, I, I believe that missions is the heartbeat of God. Amen. I mean, I, I, I truly believe if you read the book of Acts when the church started, what did they do? They went out. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit is upon you to be my what? Witnesses, right? And, and, and he, he talked about in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea. And then what did he say? To the ends of the earth. God want, God's, God's goal is for every person to hear the gospel. And that's part of Jesus coming back, amen? It's for every person to have a chance to receive a, the gospel message. And so by us giving to these missionaries, by us supporting missionaries, we are helping to spread the gospel around the world. So let me tell you, thank you so much for what you've given and what you've done. Don't forget youth tonight at 6 o'clock. And can we pray over our offering? Lord, we just come to you right now. We thank you for this wonderful service that you've given us today. God, for your word that you've spoken to us. And God, I pray for every person that has heard you, Lord, every person that is here. God, I pray that they receive this and that they would go forth and to do the work that you've called them to do, God. God, I pray for blessings to fall upon every person that gives today. God, I pray that you'll pour out your blessings upon them, just as you said, that if we will just test you and see that you will pour out your blessings, so much so that we will not be able to contain them all. So God, I pray that you would pour out your blessings upon those that give this morning. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name.